This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I'm Rich Levine, and the Celtics season is over. Another blown fourth quarter lead in game six. A lot of disappointment in Celtics Nation. B-Rob, just to start, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, the Heat shot 56% from the field, 48% from three, 85% from the foul line in a closeout game. They were 50-40-90 until about midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, let's say that from the block in game one to the takeover in game six, I think Bam Adebayo was the best player in the series. Eric Spolstra was the best coach. Mm-hmm. The Heat were the best team. Still a very winnable series for the Celtics. Uh, fourth quarter lead in all four losses. And this fourth quarter was maybe the most frustrating. Uh, you know, six-point lead with nine minutes left. Two of 14 from three. Uh, the Heat scored 37 points. You know, you wrote a lot about uh, the crunch time issues during the series. More of the same on Sunday night. So let's, let, let's just start there. Uh, the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean... What, what, what went wrong again? <laughs> what, what went right, I think, is the, uh, more, the more pertinent question because uh, it was very little. Um, no one died. No one died. Yeah, exactly. Everyone got out. Um, healthy Jalen Brown didn't tear his ACL after getting cheap shotted by Jimmy Butler on that dunk. Um, let's go back to that. I don't, at the end, that, like, those little cheap shot plays in the playoffs uh, got to end a lot. But the Celtics, I, Paul Pierce actually, I think, kind of nailed it at halftime um, and was like, the Celtics aren't playing hard defense today. And, like, that's for an elimination game. And that's, like, they need to change that. And that didn't change. And it was at its worst in the fourth quarter when the Heat scored on 10 straight possessions at one point and literally played the Celtics off the floor once the the three stopped falling for them. So um, the Celtics tried to win the game in a shootout, and they ran out of bullets in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, credit goes to Bam for turning into Giannis in that fourth quarter. Credit goes to Tyler Hero for, you know, taking smart one-on-one on multiple possessions and made some really tough shots. But the Celtics rotations and just like intensity and, you know, resistance was really not there all night. And, um, and they paid for it. I mean, you think Bam just sucked the life out of them? Is that, I mean, cause that was, I mean, the defense wasn't great. Maybe, okay. If, you, if you're, we're going to certainly second guess Brad Stevens a little bit here, but you could have gone to Grant Williams a little bit sooner. I mean, Tice. Yeah. He couldn't just... uh, like him going away from Grant in that, like, did you, did Grant need a rest there? Do you think, or was it just like, okay, we got a good minutes out of Grant. Like, no, like you played, that was the best defense of the game you played with Grant. And then, you know, you went back to him, but like the, the, the wheels are already starting to fall off at that point. Yeah. I mean, maybe he didn't need a rest at that moment, but like, if you're thinking long-term, okay, if you're going to play Grant, like for super crunch time of the fourth quarter, maybe he needed a little bit of a rest there. But I mean, I mean, look at Daniel Tice's fourth quarter numbers, a minute and 22 seconds, uh, minus three, two fouls. Um, and just, it, it just wasn't, it's hard to even explain the defense he was playing on band because he was sort of non-existent, but I, I just don't even know what the strategy was there. Was he, was he just totally taken aback by, by Bam's aggression? Because again, not like this is the first time that, that he turned into point Bam during the series, right. but never had it been so consistent and never had he been, I feel so offensively minded. I mean, granted he had four assists in the, in the fourth quarter too. So it wasn't like he was just shooting 10, by like 10, seven and four. Uh, in that quarter in a full 12 minutes. But the fact that he was just looking to take it to the rim 
every single time and getting there most of the time. I just, I just don't think Tice was prepared for that in that moment. I mean, he clearly wasn't. And that's, you know, ball pressure is a big part of the Celtics defense all year long in terms of, you know, making guys uncomfortable, forcing them to turnovers. Um, at the same time, Bam is not a jump shooter outside with like 16 feet. So you put himself, you put yourself in a pretty vulnerable position if you, you get up tight on them. And, you, and the one thing you can't do is, is you get burned. And, and Bam, maybe he was saving that for a spot like that. I don't know. But like, <laughs> like on one possession, it's like, okay, he burned you to Tice. Like, all right. But it happens, you know, three straight times, essentially. Um, and then the Celtics started overreacting to it and doubling Bam. And that led to more easy shots and easy, you know, whether it was Butler, backdoor. I mean, the Celtics fell, fell asleep, too. Like, Tatum was terrible on D in the fourth quarter. Um, Jalen Brown lost Duncan Robinson a couple times. Um, but, again, a lot of that was forced by Bam just being that good. And then the Celtics overreacted, and they couldn't, you know, they just couldn't get a stop. And that, that happened a lot during this season in, in those big moments for this team. And that's um, – if you look big picture stuff now, it's kind of a little bit concerning, um, you know, definitely something to learn, work from, work through uh, this offseason for this group. Yeah, and just the juxtaposition of, of the Celtics going full on, okay, for some reason we're only going to shoot three-pointers right now, two of 14 from three. And then a guy like Hero, you know, he's got, he has 11 points in the fourth quarter, you know, four or five from the field. There's only one, only one three-pointer there. He I mean, took they were, three in the fourth quarter. That was not like, the, the, like to your point, that was, they, they okay, we're going to win this game going inside. And the Celtics said, all right, we're going to try to beat you from the three-point line. And, I mean, what do you put on Brad Stevens? for? There's a lot of hoopla today um, in terms of the, the blame pie. And, you know, there's plenty to go around. But, like, do you – how do you think that he handled the fourth quarter in general? How much do you put on the players being like, you guys know what's a good shot here and what's not or where the, the good shots are if you stay patient? And, you know, coach can't make a guy do that in the court. Like, that's on them. Yeah, like, like we said, maybe he goes uh, back to Grant a little bit earlier. Maybe he takes a timeout a little bit earlier. What, what was the run in the, in the fourth quarter? 26-6. So he took one timeout during that. Um, I think when it was – the Heat went up by, like, two initially. But then he didn't take another one again until, you know, the Heat were up 13 and the game was over, essentially. So – yeah, so he deserves he deserves some of the blame for sure. But at the same time, when we sat here before, I think it was before Game Five, when we said, "Okay, the way the way that these teams are constructed, the way the Celtics are going to go at this, if Andre Iguodala is going to start hitting three pointers, you're going to lose." Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's exactly what happened. And that's and that's the kind of guy that, that Iguodala is. That's probably why he is a a, a future Hall of Famer. Um, he when when it when it was winning time, when it was time to put the series away, he stepped up. And he did it, and like the Celtics just weren't—they weren't prepared for Iguodala to turn into—I uh, don't know—to to, uh, to Steph Curry. No, they weren't. I mean, he—that was, like you said, a a, a series-changing performance. Um, I do think if you look at—I mean, offensively for the Celtics in the second half last night, and I actually just wrote about this on Boston Sports Journal um, dot com. Um, do you want to guess who let them in shot attempts in the second half? By the way, that you're 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 framing it, and just by watching the game, it's got to got to be Marcus Smart, right? That'd be that'd be Marcus Smart, yes. Thirteen shot attempts for Marcus Smart. Um, how many how many assists did he finish with? Uh, 
Nah, let me look it up here. Finished with two assists. Two assists. I wanted. I knew good. the. I, I knew the answer. I wanted to build the suspense of the, uh, of the yeah, two. That's that's terrible. That makes it even worse. Um, that we've talked about. I mean, this is what I've been on him on for for like two or three years. He's gotten so much better at it. Um, but with the chips in the middle, um, that just can't happen, Rich. Like you can't. He cannot be leading this team in shot attempts in the second half of a game with the season on the line, unless he's shooting like 70% from three point range. It just can't happen. Yeah. And again, that's part of Marcus smart, right? He wants to be, he wants to be that guy. And for most of his life, I think he was that guy. That's the mentality. But again, you see, he shot, he had three point thirteen three point attempts, uh, hero and Duncan Robinson combined had 10, um, Jimmy Butler, Duggan Robinson, and, and, and Hero had 13, so that's the same amount as Marcus Smart. Uh, it's just that that's not we – t- we call this winning plays because of Marcus Smart, because of what he does that doesn't show up in the box score. And he is just way too uh, prevalent in the box score right now <laughs> in, in these games. And it's like, again, I, I, did, he, did he end up averaging 20 points a game in this series? Because I know he finished with 20 a game. But, like, Marcus Smart in, in – Certainly on this team, but just in general, when Marcus Smart's averaging twenty points a game, that's not a that's not a championship team. And Celtics were two and six this postseason when he took thirteen or more shots. Um, eight and twelve during the regular season when he took thirteen or more shots. Uh, twenty two shots from last night, Rich. Uh, guess where it ranks in his like most ever in his career? In a top game. five. Top five. Third. Third, I mean, the one, one of them was when he shot like 25 three-pointers right. against uh, Phoenix, right? Right, in a grand of game only, in January. So one other game in his entire career where he shot that many? Yes. And it's one thing, again, to do that against the Raptors when Kemba is getting, you know, boxed in one and Hayward is out and you need someone to, like, the, the threes are there. A lot of the threes in this series were, like, he took some open ones and he's going to continue taking those, but a lot of them are still like contested or pull-ups or even mid-range shots where just, just aren't high percentage shots for him. And when Jalen Brown is shooting 56, 57% in this series from the field and takes like six, six fewer shots than smart in a, in a game like that, like that's, I don't know how much you have to put on smart, how much you put on Brad Stevens for saying, you know, getting guys to fall in the hierarchy there. We obviously saw a blow up after game two. I'm, I'm going to guess it was probably over stuff like this. Yeah. And okay. And let's just say that in the first quarter, first half, Marcus Smart shooting kept the Celtics alive. Yeah. Right? He, he hit four. Th- I mean, he hit four threes in the first half. Right. And then zero after that. Yes. Clearly. So Let's just get out like Marcus Smart. That the, the Marcus Smart that we are criticizing right now is the reason that they were, you know, still. Yeah, they helped them stay right. But at the same time, I, I mean, that's that's another Brad spot right there. I th- I really think that that's where you need to step up. And again, like in the heat in the heat of the battle, and this is so much that we love about Marcus Smart is what he does. That if any other player did it, it would drive you nuts. But I just think in a game like this, where again you have three guys. And 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 on, and you would hope you hope they would be four, and we'll maybe get the Gordon Hayward at some point. Clearly, he wasn't right. Not you know not not himself, not what the Celtics needed in in this game. But when you have three guys 
that you would rather have shooting the ball and they're just not getting the shots that they need. Uh, and I mean, and let's also say that Kemba, Kemba was not great. Kemba had a rough quarter, quarter, quarter too. Yeah, like he got, he got his share and he dismissed them. And One of six from three in the, in the fourth, uh, not, not great shots either. Um, but yeah, I, I just, and I, and again, we hate to, to, to put too much on Marcus, but, and Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy said it right in the two games that they won in the series that he shot nine and 10 shots. And, uh, it's just something uh, that's come up year after year now. It's like, this is, it's, you don't want to put too much on it. It wasn't the, he wasn't the reason why they lost by any means. If the shots go to the right guys, there's just, very good chance Celtics still don't win that game because the Heat shot, you know, in obscene, obscenely well. And, you know, you don't, you're not going to be able to match that most nights. But Smart getting that percentage of the shots, like shots all night, reduced the C's chances of winning that game. And that's like, I think going into this offseason, that's something that needs to be addressed now um, because it's, it's a recurring issue. And, it's smart needs better awareness on that stuff. Or, I mean, you're not going to move, you know, you're not going to move on from him if he doesn't, obviously, but it's just, you know, maybe he's not going to be playing in those spots moving forward. Yeah. Uh, ends up shooting uh, 30.319 uh, from three uh, in the series. Uh, 393 from the field. So yeah. shut, shut, un- shut under 40% from the field uh, in the series and was just jacking him up <laughs> when 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 it when it mattered most and and, and let's let's that sorry, two three ahead. zone let's, by Spolstra like I, do you think that's why they went to that zone to end like like to end all these games to be like hey we don't trust them to like for the shots to go to the right places if we go to zone here just daring Marcus to shoot pretty much you know I would I would I wouldn't put it past them I mean obviously like I said we we can we we can talk about. We can talk about the ne- like the negative aspects of Brad coaching, but I think it was more that he, that Spolster had more positives. He was out coached, right? Yeah. And again, by 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 a absolute great coach, by most likely the the best coach in the NBA right now. Um, and it, it's and it's tough by comparison, you know what I mean? It's like it's as if let let's say that uh, that the Celtics had somehow lost the Bucks in this finals, right? And you're and you're criticizing Tatum because he's outplayed by Giannis. It feels a little bit like that, but. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, 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 across the board, they needed to be better. Where do you want to go next? You, I, I'm gonna, let's I'm gonna talk, give you a choice. You go Gordo. Let's go Gordo first. Yeah. Okay. We'll work our way to Tatum. Um, and I mean, there's not too much to say other than that he wasn't, he wasn't the Gordon Hayward we saw before the injury. No, he just I mean, wasn't. He, I think, he got worse by the game after that initial game back, which is understandable when he probably is playing at eighty percent and. Um, might be, you know, doesn't have the strength in ankle and now is putting extra wear and tear on it when it's not ready. Um, I will and, say that, you know, he, he usually, he, he misses one layup a game, but yeah. that, that was one of his more offensive uh, <laughs> miss, miss layups in, 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 in the, uh, the, first in the daily. Yeah, I, I mean, whenever it was. Whenever he was literally by himself under the hoop and I think maybe missed the rim yeah. on the layup. I think you're right. There are all, all kinds of missed layups in the first half. From the like, I think everyone remember the Celtics had one bad one. Uh, not as bad as that. But not as bad as that. That was the most egregious. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess this is – you can't put it on – I mean, you, you, you credit Gordon for just – I mean, his situation, obviously, missing his son's birth and coming back when he's not 
fully ready. Like you don't put any fault in him at all. A situation like this for not having it um, when they needed it. If anything, I mean, like I thought 30 minutes was too much for him in that game. Like him being at all in crunch time was like, he wasn't really there on either end. And I mean, that's kind of, I don't know if it's an indictment on or a little bit of a, a shot at Danny there to be like, well, what's Brad going to do? Brad had nowhere to go um, in terms of someone else in that spot, as opposed to the heat who, you know, bench Drogic and um, Crowder in crunch time and said, okay, we're going to roll with Iguodala and in our shooters and Jimmy and Bam. And, and those are, you know, that kind of flexibility wasn't afforded to the Celtics in this series. And I think that has to be a, a focus this off season to like, you know, to shore that up. Yeah. And, and that's a combination of what, of, of acquiring guys, like what they did with Iguodala, but also just to nail in your draft picks a little bit, a, a little bit harder with, with Hero and Robinson. No it's question. Ways. Right. It's, and that's, um, you know, and that's, and those guys aren't going anywhere for a while. And I guess for me, I mean, to moving to Tatum here or just, you know, the, the learning experience here, the Celtics are going through in this spots. Um, and the struggles Tatum had in crunch time during the series, despite, you know, playing at a, an all NBA level throughout the rest of this postseason. Um, it, I guess like it, it carries less weight for me. And it's from a standpoint that, you know, the guys that won that series for the heat, you know, experienced, it wasn't like they had a big experience edge. So it's, I think it was like a level playing field from that standpoint and not, not to say Tatum's not going to learn from it and get better, but, um, I don't think that do you use that as like an excuse being like, Oh, this is, you know, a learning experience for him. Um, just his struggles. I, I think it can be both. I mean, I think he can be really shitty. I think he can be really upset about the way he played, but also say he's going to learn from it. Right. Like, like le- making a learning, learning experience. Isn't like a, doesn't make it like a moral victory. I do wonder how much the, the playoff experience mattered when, when you're in the bubble and there are no, no fans and so That's much of that that pressure and intensity was taken off. But, you know, you said in the, in the fourth quarter of the Eastern Conference Finals, shot 36% from the field, 23% from three, eight assists, eight turnovers, and a minus 19. And that was probably uh, one of the better plus minuses on the team. <laughs> <laughs> in the fourth, yeah. You know, I, I think that, like, again, I think that we can forget a little bit that this still was the same season that he really broke out. Because it felt, I mean, it really did feel like, okay, he, he had his breakout last winter. They went to the off season and now this was the new season. No, it's still that same season. He still had, a, he still, again, I still think he's coming into his, that superstar identity. And it sucks because earlier, early on, certainly against Philly in spurts against Toronto, you saw him embrace that. You saw him out there. It just, not only, you know, did we know he was the man, but he knew he was the man. He was acting like the man and was just carrying himself like he was the best player on earth. And there was just an extra level of, I don't know, just, he just looked a little timid at times. He looked a little bit lost at times. He just looked, just, it didn't look like the guy that we had all crowned him to be. And that doesn't mean he's not, that doesn't mean he won't be. But right now he just, he, he just wasn't there. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, you wonder just how much of it is they kept on going up against a zone late in those games and there wasn't any bread and butter play to go to or a comfort zone that this team found in those spots against the zone. Like when they figured it out, they figured it out 
in the third quarter or before things got, you know, tight, they blew them out before they, you know, before Miami could have a chance late to like put the pressure on. Um, and so I don't know. It's one of those things where they just weren't on the same page um, offensively in those spots in terms of getting to where either attacking the rim or just getting the shots to where they needed to go to. And, you know, Tatum, you know, fought back a little bit in the middle of that run. He was, I think the only guy who scored a couple of baskets and, you know, to keep the seas initially holding on for dear life with like another 102 to hundred at some point, like with five or four minutes left. And then the, yeah, maybe the you think 102, 103, 103, 102. Maybe. Right. So he had a three, he, and he took one to the rim. So, so, you know, but he, but those duds, again, I think game six to me was probably one that you were going to lose either way, just the way that he shot. Um, it's, I, I think you just, this series, you just go back to game one and game two. And yeah, no, no 100%. I mean, but at the same time you say that, but you, like I mentioned in the intro, they were winning all four games that they lost. They were winning in the fourth quarter. There's... Um, I, I just I just want to mention too that as we're as we're talking about Tatum and and criticizing him twenty six and a half nine point eight six point three one point three steals one point two blocks a game I mean that's just a that is a, a a that's a superstar stat line but he just wasn't that superstar when it mattered most uh, that is forty one percent shooting from the field thirty percent from three his his three point shooting was you know, kind of just dipped over the curve. Again, I wonder, he didn't talk about it publicly. I do wonder if there was some kind of quad issue that was hampering him as that series went on. Um, clearly enough, he could play through it. We're not going to hear about it. Um, but I do think that when you talk about his efficiency, stuff like that, his slow starts, et cetera, um, it wouldn't surprise me if that comes out in the next you know week or two, that there is something going on there. And for all the rebounds, uh, only five offensive boards. I know that he's not he's not necessarily down there in a position uh, to collect those a lot. But you know, Jimmy Butler had thirteen. Jalen wow. had uh, had had fourteen. Um, Great series for Jalen. And that's yeah, maybe that's that's a little bit. We can take a break with a little bit of a bright spot. But yeah, and and, and listen, that's the guy who played his role. Oh yeah, right. Didn't step outside of himself. You know, played played defense, hit, hit his open shots, crashed the boards when he wasn't getting the ball. Uh, yeah, 20, 23 and seven, and one and a half steals. Shot fifty percent from three. You can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, that's one of the big reasons why I lost the series. I think is just him not getting the ball enough. You know, not even in crunch time, but just like earlier in games where you know he had mismatches and or was just someone who could. Um, was hitting threes against his own or was just, you know, attacking inside and, and making things happen. So yeah, taking it to the hoop. Exactly. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a situation where you're looking for bright spots here. I think that's a big one. Um, he, after getting pushed to the side last season, he really stepped up this year um, throughout. And then, once again, raised his, once he was given a bigger role in the postseason, you know, raised his, his game again uh, to show that he could, you know, be a, a really solid number two or number three guy um, on a contender for the long term. So 
that's uh given that you have him locked up now um on a deal for under the max for the next four years um you know he still has you know defensive liabilities or issues for foreigners and you know keeping track of his man stuff we saw heard the seas at points but the the offense outweighed that significantly and was um a big part of this team getting to as far as they did yeah and again only he turns 24 next month right you know he's got he's got time you know basketball reference has old man as uh listed as his as his nickname but uh still a very young man still a long still a ways to go you know and i think that like I, I don't know if his court vision is ever going to, to re again, no one saw this coming necessarily with Tatum with his passing ability. I don't know if, if Jalen has that in him. I don't know if he's ever going to be that guy averaging even four or five assists a game, but I think uh, there are many parts of his game that can improve. And I think that he averaged 20 points a game. I wouldn't be surprised to see that up to 24, 25 at some point, it will be a matter of, you know, how many shots you are to go around at some point, but you know, as he continues to get to the line more, as he has those spurts of just, again, t- taking it to the hoop. Because physically, we always do that about him. Jalen physically ha- is going to have an advantage. Even in the NBA, where you're dealing with the best athletes in the world, he is on that the, the upper echelon of the upper echelon when it comes to strength, athleticism for a guy of his size. Of his size. So he's going to be able to get to the hoop. He's going to be able to get to the line. Uh, his three-point shooting, I mean, shot 38% this year. I mean, I, do you think he can, he can get up to 40 for a season? I mean, it got pretty so, close right? to in his sophomore year, right? He got up to like, I think, 39 and change. Um, so yeah, I mean, the volume wasn't quite the same, but sure. Right, pretty right. For the volume to go up to level it did and for him to hit 38, I think it's huge. Um, and, and 50% I, in, the, in, the, in the playoffs, right? Right, or in the like series. for the series, right. Like he struggled earlier in the playoffs, but clearly caught his, uh, his rhythm in this series from deep. And I thought, you know, took really good ones. Like the open corner threes, like there wasn't, too many, you know, 20 left on the shot clock, like partly contested stuff that we saw from Smart and Kemba in this series and Tatum at times. Like he took what was there and maximized it. And, um, you know, if, if the rest of the team played more like him offensively in this series, um, then they probably would still be playing right now. Yeah. No, I'm just looking, I'm looking a little bit at the, just the total, total the full picture of, of the playoff numbers, not just this past series. And there's really nothing that I mean. Kemba shot 31 percent from from three. How much do you think um, the knee was a factor this postseason for him? Yeah, you know, I you know I, it's obviously obviously speculation. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think he was he was feeling the way he he was uh, this time last year. You know, when the, when the season was getting ready to start. Uh, and I and I wonder how much playing in playing in the Olympics could have could have affected some of these guys too. Like granted, they did have the built-in break right. to uh, to rest up a little bit, but I, I mean, to be honest, like I kind of hope the knee was an issue. Right, you, you would, kind it, of have it, it to, would, right? It would explain a little bit, and, and if this this is just if if that was healthy Kemba that we saw out there, it, it doesn't really. Again, he was still he was still solid. You know, it doesn't really inspire too much in terms of him taking this team to the next level. Um, so yeah, let's let's say that it was uh, that, that that it was the knee. But um, and to his credit, I asked him after the game about it, and he was like, "I was playing. Like, I I'm not gonna say anything either way because it'll sound like an excuse." That uh, makes me think that it maybe that sounds right. like an excuse a little bit. Exactly. So that sounds exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, so it, it was bothering you." So that's. But I, you know, but 
it's better than saying like, yes, like I have a, like Jamal Murray after his game five loss was like, yeah, I have a bruised foot. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Like we'll see, and we'll see, like we talked a little bit before we came on and everyone's talking about, you know, January as the, as the season starting up again, but uh, maybe it could be March. I, there was, I read a story in the LA times with an interview with Kawhi where he sort of suggests that it's not going to start until March. And you wonder if, if, if you find out Kemba has some surgery. Yeah. Would that, but would that be scary if he has a surgery or would that be like, okay, good. He's got, he has this taken care of. Um, and you know, might not it's, be it's allowed, always, it always yeah. I guess it depends on what type of surgery it is, but, um, right. But if it, but if it's someone that just, you know, if he was trying to play through it and it just needs to be cleaned up, or if it's something along those right. lines that I think you can, you can maybe hope that it's just, you know, either way, it's not ideal. Right. You know, if, 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 if someone told us when, uh, when Campbell arrived in Boston last summer, then, Hey, you know, this time next year, he's going to be undergoing a uh, knee surgery. You know, that's, that's, that's not great but maybe it's, maybe it's a necessity. And again, maybe as we've seen Tatum and, and Jalen take these leaps, I don't think you're counting on, on, on Kemba quite as much to be the star. You know, I, I've made this comparison before. Like if you can be a little bit more than maybe like a Lou Williams gives to the, to the Clippers, you know, maybe Lou from last year or two years ago, um, maybe that's all you need from him. Yeah. It's, the, the price tag doesn't, you know, the, the, you don't you don't love the price tag deal. for that, but you know if that's what it takes to when you got when you got these two other guys, you know maybe you take that. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, and that's something where they do have that you know comfort level for him to know that he's willing to take that secondary role um, next to Tatum and Brown on nights where um, those guys have it going. Um, all right, final thoughts. Bench, um, Brad Wanamaker, rough series for him against the Heat after a really nice first two rounds. Um, I think he turned the ball over on like 28% of his possessions or something absurd. 28%? Uh, yeah, something really. Let me look this up. This was like historically bad for him. <laughs> um, so was it turn- turnover percentage? Just turnover, yeah. Turnover, 21%. I overstated it. So – but that's like that's a sky high number, um, so that's that's not good, um, and that's, and that's why where you, that's why he was on the floor last night at all, really, because because of that. Yeah, and that, and that's where you talk where you talk about maybe you know Danny needing to to bolster this bench a little better. Just hope that like you know we're and I think we're going to talk later at, at another point about the you know the big picture and what this looks like moving forward. Um, but yeah, but I think you know we kind of said that you know brad had it certainly had his moments in the playoffs but you know i i don't think any of us wanted felt good about a situation where the celtics were going to be counting on brad watermaker whether it's the eastern conference finals or the nba finals or some point at this level i just don't think that that, that turns out well no <laughs> i don't think it's surprising it's you you don't expect that right you don't expect you know seven turnovers and uh, in 85 minutes. I mean, it doesn't look sound as bad when you, when you put it that way uh, in this series. I mean, he's also eight of 13 from the field, but uh, he's just not a guy that you want to be counting on. 
No, you don't. And, he, he's a guy. He's a regular season. He, you know, when when Kemba goes down in the regular season, when you need a spot start, when you need a, a week or two uh, during the doldrums of of the season, the dog, dog days of the season, that's where a, a Brad Watermaker comes in and and helps you stay afloat for a little bit. He's not a guy that puts you over the top in the playoffs. Right. You want you want to be your eleventh guy, not your eighth guy, and mm-hmm. that's what you know he was forced into in this postseason, um, and against a team, a dynamic offensive team like Miami, he wasn't able to hold his own defensively and, um, you know, just was prone to miscues a little bit too much. Um, tough uh, fallback chair for Cantor after uh, inspiring game five. Um, this is another one when, I don't know, like it's kind of like Russian roulette when you throw him out there but the Miami's offense really got going in the first half when he was on the floor. I think they had four, three, three when he was on the floor in one span. And so like, I don't, I don't know why, even, I don't know why Grant Williams, why they saved Grant Williams for the second half for all these games. It seemed weird to me. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we, we talk about the, the inspiring game, right. That, that Cantor had and what in, in game in game five. Right. And it's funny. He only played 10 minutes plus three in 10 minutes, but like, I don't know. Even even when when things are going well with him, I just like I said, I just feel like they'd be better suited with someone else out there. Right. That's just the way. That's just the way it feels for me. Yeah, he gets he does score. You know, he he got he he had he had eight points in ten minutes, four or seven from the field. You know, he can crash the boards a little bit, um, but he's you know they attack him. Obviously, the, the Miami attacked him defensively, and. I don't know. Like, when, when would you rather have an offense that's built around? Okay, now let's get get the ball to Cantor in the post and let him work it, or have Kemba, Jalen, or Tatum, any of those guys taking shots. Right. And it was, you know, I mean, it was a, it was like a Cantor was a nice surprise in Game Five, but the Heat were clearly ready for it in Game Six, in terms of and thinking, okay, if he's we we're going to find better ways to attack him right now, and we're also you know, going to double him enforcement and turnovers if he gets in the post, which happened a couple times. Yeah. And that's kind of why, like I was, I've been in favor of either of the Williams being out there instead of Cantor. Cause it's just like, when Cantor's out there, he needs to be involved in the offense. Like he wants the ball in his hands and like either Williams, you don't, you don't think about that at all. They get there is just by, just by doing everything else. You know what I mean? And, let, and letting the, letting the stars shine. Cantor's not a star. He just shouldn't be the focal point the way he is when he's out there. You know who's too you know too bad who wasn't available in this series? Uh Romeo Langford. Yeah. I would have so where, loved, do you think, where, where, where do you think he, he plays the role? Just someone who you can put on the heat shooters for a few minutes. And like given where he was defensively this year, like I would have that would have helped in, over like a Wanamaker. Um or even like last night when Gordon didn't, didn't just didn't have it, you could at least, you know, okay, Romeo see what you have in, for a couple minutes in the first half, see what we have here. Um, you might have, it might have been nothing. You know, he you, you, you clearly wasn't in the playoff rotation for a reason. Um, but he kind of exceeded expectations all year from a defensive standpoint. And, and that was your weak spot in the series against the team with, you know, just a lot of dynamic guards. And so it would have been fun. It would, it's too bad that he got, you know, nicked up with the, uh, the run injury now has surgery on his wrist and I, it sounds like it might be out at the beginning of next season. It's going to be, hopefully it's not too long, but uh, yeah, I think we should, I think that should be the title. Let's just blame, blame the series loss on, on the absence of Romeo Langford. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> or for Arthur Romeo. Um, all right, that's uh, said. It's a, it's a, an unfortunate ending, you know. And who knows how the Celtics would actually do against the Lakers? You know, it's a, it's a decent matchup. Also, there are many frightening aspects of it. Um, it, it would be as sweet as it might have been to go up there and, and take and, and take on LeBron and, and AD. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should just not think about it. It's too, it's too depressing to consider at this point. I think everyone's a Heat fan now. Now, I actually I like the Heat in this series. I kind of um, do too. I was, I was looking at the. What do you think the uh, the line is? I, I think I, I saw it. It's like minus three fifty Lakers, something like that. Yeah, and I think uh, I had it right here. I think it was like two eighty, maybe on the Heat. I was hoping for something in the threes. Still, might jump on that. Yeah, I mean, it's just I kind of just look at it being like, okay, Bam versus AD, Butler versus LeBron. And I like Miami supporting cast more than I like the Lakers. And it'll be interesting um, to see see how that zone works against a team that doesn't have very many shooters. I mean, right. Dan, Danny Green can shoot a little bit, KCP can shoot a little bit, but you know, when you're counting on that, um, you know, because I, I think and I hope I hope Bam it is yeah plus two eighty on the Heat. Uh, it certainly, it seemed like Bam's uh, hand or wrist or whatever it was is okay. I hope right. he's he, he's ready to go full steam against AD because, like you said, like that those two guys. Um, I don't think we can call it. We certainly can't call that a wash, but it's a lot no. closer than, than it's a lot closer than you would have imagined at the beginning of the year when you talk about that two-on-two matchup. And then if you go to everyone beyond that, it's not even close. Right. It's just good. As, it's as good as you're going to do defensively in a series against those two guys. Like you can't ask for much better than Butler. And then you have, you know, Iguodala is still not his best, but that's someone another guy you can throw at LeBron in short stints and. You know, Jay can give you a few decent. Jay, right? Jay Crowder can can, um, you know, at least hold his own um for a minute here or there, but it'll be a fascinating series. Um, and then I mean, Heat's just crunch time execution has been just so off the charts, and now they're going against you know LeBron, who you know reputation is precedes itself, so it's going to be. It's going to be a fun series to watch, even though um, this looks around the sidelines. And everyone on the East Coast will probably be asleep for most of <laughs> 9 o'clock starts. Well, those tough. 9 o'clock starts, rough, which, which means they'll probably start at like 9.20. Yeah, right. All right. So that's a, that's, a wrap on the, that's a wrap on the season. That's a wrap. Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Game 6. If we talked about it before the season, I'd say that's above expectations. For where I think we all thought this team would be this year. But if I um, told you they lost, that they were going to lose to the Miami Heat, right? Even uh, be, even uh, even uh, even two months ago, yeah. <laughs> that would be a tough one. Um, but yeah, we'll be back with you guys plenty all off season long as we break down what comes next for this team. Um, plenty of big decisions on the horizon as we head into the draft and free agency. So. Uh, keep it here to the Winning Plays podcast. Uh, give us a follow at Rich underscore Levine, at Brian T. Rob on Twitter, uh, at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter as well. And shoot us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, uh, five-star rating or review. We They are much appreciated. All right, Rich, until the off-season primary later this week. Yes, take we'll, care. We'll do the Celtics do with Shemmy Ojale, number one on the list. <laughs>